7: Covering the live betting angles for every game. This is vCIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
8: Welcome into vCinn Live Bet Tonight, alongside Wes Reynolds. My name's Holden Kushner, taking you around the college basketball board. Couple of college hoops guys here, and you better believe uh, we'll be following this all night long. Let's get right into it, Wes. I know you're on a couple of games. I'm on a couple of games. I had to get in on Bama. They were 17-point favorites on the road at South Carolina. Got in at minus 8.5 for the Crimson Tide. Right now, 29-25 with South Carolina on top. So Bama's got some work to do here in the second half and late here in the first half as well. But I know you got some action on totals and sides as well. What is Wes Reynolds on right now? Yeah,
2: I got a couple games that are now at half. One that's a little bit of a lower-profile game, but one that stuck out like a sore thumb to me. I took Loyola Chicago at home, plus two against Fordham, and you look at the records, Fordham a road favorite in the Gentile Center tonight. 21-6 and six are the Fordham Rams, and meanwhile, the Loyola Chicago Ramblers, they need Sister Gene. They need somebody because they're 9-17. and 17. And Oof. I was like, wait a minute, they're laying two? on the road to this team that's 9-17 and that just got beat pretty badly at home by Dayton last time I watched them. But Fordham has really been a very lucky team this year. They, I I think, are like uh, 6th out of 356 in that Ken Palm luck ranking. So they have found ways to win games. They have found ways to cover. They've been in uh, their fair share of close games. And I just thought – Wait a minute, they're only laying two to Loyola, so uh, so far so good, at least for the first half for Loyola, but still a little bit too close for comfort for me. Fordham, by the way, about a two-point favorite, 74 on the total for the second half, and then I took Wake Forest plus six against NC State, that's what they're down by, no defense in this game, 52-46 to in the first half, Uh, same thing with Wake Forest on Saturday against Miami, they shot the ball, by the way, very well against Miami. They're shooting 65%, and they're down six at the half. And it's because this team just turns it over way too much. They had uh, close to 20 turnovers. They probably should have covered at Miami on Saturday. Didn't get it done, and they've already got seven turnovers tonight. So I don't, I don't really like my position necessarily on Wake Forest right now at plus six, by the way, second half. Minus one and a half for the Wolfpack, 83 the second half total.
8: So I'm looking at a game that nobody's really paying attention to. Patrick Ewing is he's gotta go. I know it's tough for my friends over at Georgetown to let a legend go, but they're seven and twenty-one again. A lot a lot of times I'll see them play and they just look like a bunch of zombies out there on the court. Mm-hmm. Now St. John's is visiting tonight. It's sixteen and twelve. They're up forty to thirty two at the half. They're six point favorites. Can I convince you to back the Red Storm in this one? It's more of a play on Georgetown being horrific than St. John's being very good.
2: Right, right, yeah. You look at the first half, 40 to 32. So DeHoya is about. One-and-a-half, two-point favorites for the second half. Mm-hmm. I believe this did close around six, as you mentioned. St. John's shooting 54% in the first half. Georgetown only 35%. Uh, so St. John's pretty much getting what they want at the rim, considering they're only one of seven from the three-point arc. But what I'm just looking at this a little bit, and you're starting to I just to hit see, it, by the way. Okay. Did, just, did you take St. John's?
8: Yeah, and I, unfortunately it was minus six. I want him five and a half, but it was too late. I tried to get in a little bit earlier. Yeah, I, But again, I, this is a bet against Georgetown.
2: I think I might go on the total here. And, yeah? And I, I like the over here a little bit. I've eighty uh, 83 and a half is uh, what I'm just seeing. Now it goes to 84. Yeah, yeah we're going to go with the over for the second okay. half, I think, for St. John's and Georgetown. I just... Uh, I, I could see, you know, them not really getting away necessarily holding St. John's in this stain kind of a single digit game. And then you've got like foul Fest city going down. And then I would expect Georgetown's going to shoot a little bit better. We know St. John's the 40 minutes of hell that they run with Mike Anderson, that that's what they do. So this is going to be an up tempo game. I don't think that this is slowing down at all in the second half.
8: All right. So we're both invested in St. John's at georgetown you got the total over i got the johnny's up eight right now minus six is where i'm gonna go we do have some other games Uh, south carolina and alabama coming down to the half 32 31 with south carolina on top and again you said at the beginning of the show you weren't sure about alabama coming out strong and they didn't they've really had to fight and battle back to get this thing within one to this point i expect A Crimson Tide team to come out a little bit sharper. They have not. Oh, my God. Did that just count? Hold on one sec. Is that a half-court
2: I believe we do have a buzzer beater down there in Columbia.
8: Half-court three at the buzzer. Well, that's not something I like to see, Wes. That's not something I like to see at all. But something South Carolina fans like, and they're playing in their backyard tonight. So 35. I mean, that was legit just about a foot behind the half-court mark. Yeah. And he drained it. That could be that could be a bad omen, but 35-31, South Carolina, up by four. And if you had South Carolina plus 17, you're feeling really good about yourself. The total coming into this one was 148.5. Uh, they're sitting at 35-31, so they've got to be a little bit off the pace. And I'm sure they'll open a number back up here in just a minute. But is this more South Carolina playing well? Alabama playing poor, a little mix of both. Alabama right now, again, 3 of 11 behind the arc. And uh, South Carolina, 5 of 10.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know if it's necessarily South Carolina playing well. I mean, they're playing okay. They're playing inspired. And they're giving an effort, and that's all you can ask for when you know that you've got a rebuilding operation with the first-year head coach. You know that you're outmanned, at least man for man, from a personnel standpoint. So. I think it's a little bit Alabama just not being ready to play, just a lot of distractions getting to them. And then you've got an underdog that is a big-time underdog that at least is going to try, and that's why you have the Gamecocks up four in the first half.
8: All right, a couple of the games that we need to talk about at halftime. Number one, Houston Cougars 40, Tulane 26, Houston minus 15, cruising into the half right now uh looking at the live number again uh locked in no we got the number now Houston 19 and a half point favorites. so four and a half points off the close the totals come down just to four points from 146 and a half to 142 and a half and i mean i i'm not reading too much from this game it's kind of going as as scripted with the exception that you know maybe Tulane could have hung in this thing a little bit more in the first half and and it could get ugly here in half number 2.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Uh Tulane shooting 28.6% right now from the floor and and I don't think it's just, you know, sometimes when you see that and you're doing a box score study unless you're not watching the game, you kind of think, okay, it's just random bad shooting. Mm-hmm. It's not bad shooting. They they just they they can't do anything. You know, they're just not able to to get any shots at the rim because Houston is very good defensively down there. So That's really why you're seeing such a big blowout, I think, in this game.
8: Okay. Next game to talk about. They've just started the second half with the Wisconsin Badgers trailing the Hawkeyes 28-27. This is not a game I've had on, but Iowa's just done exactly what they did in that game against Northwestern, missing three-pointer shots. They're one of 11. Wisconsin, on the other hand, sitting here at one of seven. Uh, Iowa's not going to do anything when they get to the postseason, if he can't fix this thing up here sooner than later. This has been a nasty last three halves for Iowa. How are you feeling about the Badgers? One-point favorites. Uh, That was the close here. 139.5 was the total. And now we look at it. Iowa, one-and-a-half point dog, so that's just a hook. And 128.5, that totals down 11 points, Wes.
2: Yeah, this uh, this is basically the number I made it was uh, was Wisconsin minus a point and a half, and they're up by a point now as Iowa retakes the lead. So it's kind of going back and forth a little bit here. But just looking and seeing what the uh, the pattern was for the second half, really not a lot of movement. There were a couple shops, including right here behind me at Circa, that went to one, but it was basically like one uh, basically a point and a half in the market. Wisconsin being favored seventy three, the total. Didn't quote, wasn't able to quite get in on that with so many of these games uh going in the second half at the same time. Would have maybe leaned over. That would have made it adjusted 126, considering this open 143 and a half and then close 139 and a half. You know, there was a potential, especially if you had the under preflop on the game to work a really nice middle there.
8: Uh Then we've got Virginia, the number six Cavaliers, 21 and five after getting blown out at B.C. tonight. Final score sixty three forty eight. This is a game that UVA was nine point favorites. Now I'm not great at math, but I think uh, this is what one one eleven. So this thing went way under. This is th- this is Virginia for you. They mm-hmm. can defend. That's going to keep you in any NCAA tournament game, but. When you can't shoot, they're going to have a couple of games where they can't shoot, and that's what's going to get them bounced once again. And we saw it tonight at BC. I wouldn't say this was a letdown. This is just a bad performance.
2: Yeah, and and I ended up on BC. I didn't expect them to win 63 to 48 though, but you know, Virginia 0.80 points per possession, like one mm. even is like the Mendoza line for like a good offensive performance. This was dreadful. 15 of 38 from the two, 39.5%. Four of 21, 19% from the three. BC is not great, but BC does try. And they've been pesky in a couple spots, especially as home underdogs this season. And Virginia kind of got in that spot, what what I like to do, and I don't do it every single situation, Holden, but I call it the fat and happy spot. When you get a ranked team that's won three or more in a row, all of a sudden, you know, they can get complacent against the lower team, and that's what you saw with the Wahoos tonight.
8: Live bet tonight. Holden Kushner alongside Wes Reynolds. We'll come back. We'll keep going through the live action in college basketball. Again, North Carolina, 19 points in the first half against Notre Dame. Not looking good. We'll preview New Mexico at Boise State. That tip is less than 20 minutes away. So, once again, he's Wes. I'm Holden. Live bet tonight on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
7: This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abemafe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
8: If you're looking for a betting edge in the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers. Get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by V show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, V betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily prop. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com backslash subscribe today. Sign up for only nine ninety nine. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Live bet tonight alongside Wes Reynolds. Holden Kushner hanging out with you. We are live betting a whole bunch of college basketball, catching you up on some of the action that's going on. And in about 15 minutes, we got a tip-off here coming up, don't we, Wes? With uh, New Mexico taking on Boise State. That's going to be up there in Boise in a Mountain West clash. New Mexico, six-point dogs on the road. Uh, talk to me here, Wes, New Mexico. Can they keep this thing close? Or is Boise state taking this game tonight?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to see if maybe this is the buy low on New Mexico. Remember they started out 14 and 0, didn't mm-hmm. lose a game uh, in the uh, first part of the season. Uh, and then, uh, lost their first two in January of 2023. This team now 20 and seven and seven and seven in conference play. They had that four game losing streak snapped last Friday night at San Jose State as they blew out the Spartans. But, uh, uh, you know, getting Boise State, they did beat them, by the way, earlier in the year in overtime, 81-79. to So pretty thrilling matchups. New Mexico, I think they were just able to create enough off the ball screens, essentially, and Boise struggled to guard their big wing with their big wings. But, you know, these two teams are not exactly friendly. Uh, there was apparently a little bit of an incident Between the New Mexico, some of the New Mexico baseball players and the Boise State basketball players, there was some kind of deal in the tunnel, but it eventually was kind of like much ado about nothing. Probably a bunch of guys selling wolf tickets is what it ended up being. But 81-79 in overtime, New Mexico won the first meeting. You are seeing a little bit of late money on the Lobos here. Uh, uh, Starting to see some five-and-a-halves, starting to see some fives in the market. I do lean New Mexico here just... Taking them on the spot because I think now Boise State has a little bit of the pressure. Boise State, by the way, and not that they're not going to be up for this, but they do have San Diego or San Jose State on the road, and then they get San Diego State next week. You look at the Mountain West standings holding 13 and 2, San Diego State, Boise State now one and a half games back at 11 and 3. So, New Mexico, though. If they want to play their way back in the NCAA tournament consideration, they this is pretty much, you would think, a must-win for the Lobos here because they've really kind of fallen off, being that they started off the year 19-3, and and now they're 20-7. and So how many bids are the Mountain West going to get? I don't know. I would think at least three, maybe four. San Diego State, for sure, is going to get in. And I think Boise State is going to get in. And then you have Utah State, Nevada, and New Mexico also being considered. So... I don't necessarily disagree with the market here on New Mexico. This might be a a buy low spot uh, here as the uh, the sixes are starting to disappear.
8: Oh, we'll see if we can bet that live too. You know, where, where would you really feel comfortable there? Eight, ten?
2: You know, anything above seven because that's obviously the first number where it's three mm-hmm. possessions. So anything above seven, I think, I, you know, that you would want to definitely give that a look.
8: Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I watched some big sky basketball and we were talking about the NFL being over and how the books, you know, start concentrating on college basketball a little more Eastern Washington on the road at Weber state, Eastern Washington, minus two, uh, they handled Weber state at home. I believe it was a four point final earlier in the year. This has been probably my most profitable team this season. And, <laughs> you know, Eastern Washington has just completely dominated the big sky. Uh, They're looking to wrap this thing up. I mean, they they might be wrapping this thing up here tomorrow night. Um, Have you had any interest in Eastern Washington? And I know it's one of those, you know, out-of-bounds leagues here, the big sky. But that's still where I feel like we can get an advantage, especially after the Super Bowl, because if they're handicapping the big schools, how much are they looking at Eastern Washington, Weber State?
2: Well, and you look at Eastern Washington, they actually have the longest win streak in the nation at nation. 17 in a row. They have not lost since December 13th when they lost at Texas Tech in a very competitive loss just by seven. And undefeated in the conference, and I don't care what conference it is, if it's you know high major, mid-major, low major, whatever label you want to put upon it, when you have a team that can go undefeated in their league, that's a hell of an accomplishment. And I've kind of been monitoring this team like, okay, when's the fade spot coming for this team? Because this team, very good offensively, shoots the ball very well, gets pretty much what they want at the rim based on their two-point percentage. But Weber State, you know, as long... Them and Montana, really, for a long time, have really been the kings of the Big Sky Conference. But Weber State, a little down this year. They're just 10-5 and five in the league, 15-13, and 13, but... I wonder here if maybe this could be now, if Eastern Washington has been cashing for you, I can understand why you want to. I'm not
8: going off the, I'm not, I'm not hopping off. I can
2: understand, but, but you know, now you're seeing one actually in terms of a faraway place and some one and a halves here. So, you know, is this the spot? I mean, I guess, you know, you ride the streak until it ends for you. So I certainly understand, but you know, Maybe a small lean for me to Weber State. I have not really okay. started on tomorrow's card. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I really want to go against a team. Usually that's kind of a spot I like to go against, you know, when a team's on this big win streak. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're kind of getting ignored out there in Cheney, Washington. And now all of a sudden maybe you get some national media or you get some colonists that are like, hey, this Eastern Washington team's won 17 in a row. And when that happens, that's like the kiss of death more often than not.
8: You think they said that after they won sixteen in a row?
2: I don't think they even knew that this team existed.
8: <laughs> they still might not know that this team exists. Wish I could have found that one and a half. That would have been even better. Um, some other games that are in progress right now. We got, actually we got games sitting at halftime with Houston on top of Tulane, forty to twenty-six. Again, pre-flop Houston, fifteen-point favorites, one forty-six and a half is the total. Now it's. Houston minus 19 and a half, 142. So that total's come down 4 points as we talked about earlier, Wes. and South Carolina leading Bama 35-31, total at 141 and a half. Again, South Carolina Gamecocks had a three-point buzzer beater from just behind half court heading into the break. I mean, they talk about momentum and some people buy it, some people don't, but you had a you had a three-pointer at the buzzer. Behind half court, I'm not feeling quite as good about my Bama minus eight and a half right now.
2: Yeah, market actually came against uh, the Crimson Tide here in the second half because mm-hmm. I did see some ten show. It was pretty much eleven in the market by and large, but just looking at the screen here, there were some ten and a half, including right here behind me at circa a notable a notable uh, far away place also went to ten a- at least here. So. You know, maybe there is something to this distraction here that's going on uh, with, with this Alabama team. And you got a South Carolina team all of a sudden, got a decent crowd down there in Columbia at the Colonial Life Arena. And then all of a sudden, you know, they play with a little bit of energy and say, okay, y'all, we can beat these guys. We can do this. So, you know, at least they're encouraged, I think, by the effort at this standpoint.
8: And then we got North Carolina just coming out hellfire here in the second half. They scored 19 points in the first half. They were trailing the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, 27-19 in South Bend. North Carolina scored 11 points in the first two minutes and 45 seconds. They now lead 36-35. I don't care, Wes. It's going to be tough for me to to back North Carolina at all, mm-hmm. unless they start showing some guts and playing a little bit better as well. Yeah, I mean, I st- good for them. Good
2: I stayed them. out of this. Absolutely yeah. stayed out of it. Because... I didn't want to necessarily go against Notre Dame because I thought, okay, this team's going to try for 40 minutes because they've been close and had a lot of close losses lately. And, you know, they'd love to beat North Carolina and put them, uh, you know, essentially wouldn't eliminate them, but essentially puts them on the outside looking in because I think they'd be on the outside looking in right now at 16 and 11 with no quad one wins, as we mentioned earlier. So, you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to necessarily chase that with North Carolina. I know when a favorite is down, people like to load up. Uh, they're they're those numbers for a reason. So I, I actually thought Notre Dame was going to win this game, and they still might.
8: Okay, make sure you follow everybody on Twitter here. Wes Reynolds at Wes Reynolds one w- was just Wes Reynolds taking Wes. Was Apparently there, we... so. At least you didn't do an underscore. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio and, of course, at VEASAN Live. If you want to follow the whole thing we got going on here at VEASAN, I know you love golf. I know the Honda Classic is not the sexiest field, Wes, but what do you say we cap it a little bit?
2: Yeah, there's always an opportunity to make some money.
8: That's all that we care about. Well, we want to have a little bit of fun, too, (laughs) but yes, making money is the ultimate goal. Live bet tonight here on VSIN. Stick around, he's Wes Reynolds. I'm holding Kushner. Again, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
7: This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Ababafe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
8: As basketball and hockey seasons continue, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Welcome back in. To Veasan live bet tonight, Holden Kushner, host of Bet Rivers Denver Citycast, and Wes Reynolds, just a man of many, many interests, including golf, which we could get to here in just a moment. Just to want to update everybody on a couple of scores. Uh, Bama, we have a live bet on them, plus eight and a half for me, forty-one forty over the Gamecocks. So Bama was trailing by four at the half, a three-pointer from. The half court at a buzzer beater for the Gamecocks had them ahead. If you backed Houston at 15, minus 15 today, you're probably feeling pretty good, Wes. 53-29, the Cougars embarrassing the green wave. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You wanted to say no, something No, I
2: would just saying. and uh, just looking at Tulane's numbers here, they just can't, they can't get anything. I, I don't have it on in front of me, but I don't need to know and need to be seeing it because, you know, that's how Houston plays is that – they're so tough, they, they just don't give up a lot of like quality shots. So Tulane, I think they were shooting about 28% at the half and uh, hasn't gotten much better. Slight improvement now just above 30%, but not hitting any threes because against a team like Houston, you can't necessarily just chuck threes either. I mean, you got to go inside out, and they're so tough to score on. Tulane's just outmatched here.
8: Uh, we've got Wisconsin leading Iowa 46, 41. Live look is Iowa plus four and a half. Totals come down to 122 pre flop numbers. Wisconsin minus one, 139 and a half was the total. So the totals come all the way down. If you want to back the Hawkeyes, maybe now's the time to do it. I'm not gonna do it. They burned me over the weekend, and I just can't sh- I-, I can't trust them from yeah. beyond the arc. Two of 16. This is two straight games. They haven't been able to shoot from three, and that's supposed to be one of their strengths.
2: And Wisconsin, not much better. Three of 14, but you, you can tell. 20 of 39 overall, 51%. Iowa, you know, can be kind of permissible at the rim, and that's exactly what they've been tonight because Wisconsin's not hitting three. So, you know, I'm tempted on an end game over, but I think I'm going to resist it because I've seen enough of these Wisconsin games where it's like, okay, There are times, and if you remember the Michigan game last week, they went like 10 minutes without making a bucket, and they still won the game. So, you know, they can absolutely do that here against Iowa as well.
8: Notre Dame leading North Carolina 44-42 is the score right now. North Carolina laying one and a half. The totals come down to 123 and a half. It's just, again, North Carolina loses this game. They're probably one of the first four teams out right now, right? You lose this game. How much farther you not down? Yeah, just, I,
2: I think this, they're out-out, yeah. out, period. Not out first out. four or next four or whatever. They're out-out, period. And they're going to have to win some games down the stretch and probably win a couple games in the ACC tournament if they want those hopes to, uh, to happen and be able to uh, go back to the NCAA tournament where they were national runner-up last year. And I, I didn't expect this much of a drop. I thought that they were overrated, and I think a lot of people thought North Carolina was overrated to start the season, but... Didn't expect them to maybe be looking at 16-12 and come February 22nd. That's what they're looking at, even though they do now lead Notre Dame by three. I mean,
8: overrated, not being number one, maybe a top-10 team. Right, right. Yeah,
2: I thought that that was fair. I mean, they were the national runner-up, and they were returning four starters. So, you know, that would have been, you know, even 5-10, to somewhere in that range, I think would have been a fair ranking for the Heels. But they're a long way from that right now
8: uh okay so the other game i'm invested in live bet st john's minus six at georgetown the whole you actually like the uh the the total the, the here, second half
2: sure. over at at 83 and a half uh uh we got off to a slow start but i think we got a little bit of pace here and these are two teams too and one of the reasons i was looking at this i just hope it kind of stays at least somewhat competitive these two teams foul a lot even though they're not really uh doing it tonight but this is up-tempo. This is a lot of turnovers, a lot of live ball layups, and a lot of transition buckets, and that's what I thought we were going to see here in the second half.
8: All right, let's completely hit the brakes and go a different direction. The Honda Classic, PGA Tour. Very interesting because we don't have John Rahm. We don't have Max Homo. We don't have Morikawa, right? We've kind of got a secondary field here, and for some would say, hey, we're just not going to bet this. We don't like it. But Wes. I mean, there's always opportunities to make money, Mm -hmm. isn't there? So give me a little outline of how to bet the Honda Classic.
2: Yeah, when you look at this, and the reason why the field is down is because it got caught in between designated events, because next week there's the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill down in Orlando, and then there's the Players' Championship, which is a signature event of the PGA Tour, plus the fact that PGA National, this week's course, down in Palm Beach Gardens, is really hard. It's actually the hardest non-major championship course that they play on the PGA Tour. So this was an easy week for some of them uh, Top Guns that you mentioned to skip. But you look at this event and – you know, you have seen some bombs win this event too. Some big prices: Sepp one hundred twenty-five to one last year; Matt Jones, seventy to one the year before; Keith Mitchell, three hundred to one in twenty nineteen. Yeah, you see some chalk there with Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler and Rory McIlroy. But that's when the fields were a lot better. This is a a little bit of a downfield. I think only nine of the top fifty in the OWGR here. So, you know, the way I look at it, it's a course with a lot of water. So, you know, you need to gain on it. You need to be good on your approach shots. You need to not, you know, hit it wayward off the tee. So I looked a lot at approach. I looked at strokes gained off the tee. I looked at bogey avoidance because you have a lot of potential bogeys out here because the higher, the, the par three scoring and the par four scoring are tougher here than the average course on the PGA Tour. Players are also going to miss greens 40% of the time. So you got to be able to scramble, and, you know, save those tough pars. So that's a lot what I looked at in terms of a uh, stat modeling standpoint this week.
8: Yeah. So I asked my guys that do some work with me over at run pure sports. I said, tell me a little bit about this. He goes, it's a rough track and watch out for holes 15 through 17, the bear trap. Yep. Right. Yep. got to avoid it. And, and there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of balls in the water this week is from what I understand.
2: Yeah. The most on the tour over the last five years.
8: So. Who are the guys I should be looking at, Wes?
2: Well, who me, I list. Who I bet this week? And look, uh, this is a little bit of a crapshoot event, so this could go sideways in a hurry. That's why I didn't have a ton of exposure this week. But Johnny Vegas at thirty-five to one, I looked at him. He's made six consecutive cuts here at the Honda. Like if you look at the form sheet, you don't get a lot of form here because it's not like the same guys top ten every year. There's a lot of variance, but so. Johnny Vegas was about one of the better form guys I saw, and he's number one on the PGA Tour for strokes gained off the tee. The approach game has been good, so I think if he can – you know, make a few putts and, you know, get get these close and get good proximity to the hole, I think he can go well. Adam Spenson, about the same price. He actually lives here in Palm Beach Gardens. So played his nearby golf at Berry University. Has won on this track before, by the way. He won at the uh, Web.com Q School back in 2015. Hayden Buckley, 50-1. to Another guy that's good in ball striking. And another guy that's tops for uh, strokes gained off the tee. I think he's like fifth. For strokes gained off the tee uh, this year. So I think he can go well. Robbie Shelton, 60 to 1, a guy that got his card back off the Corn Ferry Tour. He's got six top 25s and 11 starts this season on tour. Two of those top 10s, uh, sixth at the Amex, 10th at the RSM last fall. Danny Willett, 70 to 1, the former Masters champion. T18 last week at a good field in the Genesis was fourth in the field for scrambling. Uh short game looks really sharp right now, and if he can be as good tee-to-green as he was last week, I think he can contend. And then I'm going to give a bomb here, and this is somebody you can also play in a top 20 or a top 40 market. Eric Cole, 150-1, to 1, a guy who's told on the mini-tours for many, many years, but he's made six of seven cuts since he got his PGA Tour card last fall off the Corn Ferry, lives in Delray Beach, which is very close to Palm Beach Gardens, played at Nova Southeastern University in Davie, Florida. He's got a runner-up on this course at PGA National for his time toiling in the minors. So I thought, hey, a local guy with course knowledge, 150 to 1, like you don't expect to win it, but he certainly, I think, worked a stab. And I think especially if you want to get him in like the top 20 in the 40 markets uh, that are available outside of Las Vegas, certainly not a lot of those markets available here. But that's the way I would go at the long shot like Eric Cole.
8: All right. Very good. Thank you, Wes Reynolds. Appreciate that breakdown. Now on the flip side of the break, we'll be breaking down college basketball some more. And I want to talk some betting theory with Wes when it comes to middling basketball games, which I did over the weekend with Danny Burke. Things went well, but I I think I'm here with Wes. Much easier to sit on your butt, either in a book or on your couch, and middle that thing that way as opposed to doing it while we've got other things on our mind. But I'm looking forward to talking about middling uh, on live games. And also I can start saying I'm a little bit worried about this Alabama game against uh, South Carolina. 47-44 right now. South Carolina up. This was a 17-point spread coming in. This is Live Bet Tonight on vsin the sports betting network.
7: This is VSIM Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefee and Wes Reynolds live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
8: Hey, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsim.com to check the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and the bets are moving every game? Betting splits data page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. To check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter better year round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Welcome back in. Live bet tonight on VSIN. I'm holding Kushner, and for Femi, of course, Wes Reynolds on the other side. Wes is in Circa. Wes, the last time I was in Circa, Derek Stevens told me not to show up again because they had the big flood in the background. I do
2: so, remember that. I'm hoping he forgets. I do remember. He- I do remember yeah. that. Of course, uh, this closed. It closed down the book for a couple days. Credit to the crew here at Circa uh, for the cleanup. But yeah, we looked behind us, and all of a sudden, uh, the, you know, we had a big storm out here that night. And all of a sudden, it was leaking through one of the LED screens. So. It was you and me, right? Yeah, it was.
9: Oh yeah, it I was. Because I, I
2: looked back, I was like, "Why is the screen messed up?" And yep. didn't didn't think that we would have a leak, but that's what we had.
8: Later that night, I got a hey, Derek Stevens wants to join, wants to hang out with you for a minute, and I said, "This is not good." <laughs> it's not good at all. No, but it's always
2: to, good if Derek. No, he went on up.
8: to blame me for about 20 minutes. And I really don't know if I'm invited back there or not, but I'm going to try again in this summer. So we'll see if it happens. So but,
2: so they have like your picture out by the security. Do not accept correct. checks from this man. Yeah. Do not allow him in the building.
8: Bad things happen. He's the mush. <laughs> we don't want his money. Keep him out. of. I'm circus. like, if
2: they let me still come in this joint, they'll let you come in.
8: I'm such a big fan, Wes. I really am, um, and I want to get your thoughts on something here. So, middling basketball, and we're talking about middling on on betting for live betting. I don't. I, I personally don't know how big live betting is out in Vegas. Um, I know that it is. It's my bread and butter now, although things are not looking that great right now. We still got time in both the Alabama and St. John's games. But is there a, is there anything when you're going into a game? Are you thinking to yourself, I'm going to middle this because it's going to be a close game? How do you how do you even think about going into a game, or is it something in the middle of the game where you say, you know what, I think I can get both sides of this and come out with a profit?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I think that there's at least a pregame strategy if you're just kind of going with base numbers, you know, knowing what key numbers are in basketball because I, we always talk about the key numbers in football. I I'm somebody that does subscribe. Some people will say, tell me I'm crazy that there are key numbers in basketball, like like something like seven. <clears throat> I think is not only a key number in football, it is in basketball, too, because seven is the first point where it's a three-possession game instead of a two-possession game. So, you know, usually, like, on a dog, it's like, okay, I want to get seven or more. I want to get, you know, three or more possessions or something like that, and it really depends on the game. So you have, like, baseline numbers, like, okay, where would I lay it at this point? But you also got to combine that with what you're seeing in the game, you know, is does your team have does a team have foul trouble or was there an injury or something like that? So you can't just go on base numbers is what I'm saying, but you can at least start to do. That's a starting point, I think, for you. But I never like go in with the intention of middling, especially if you think, you know, you've got the best of it. Like if you if you get the CLV, you get the closing line value, and you get the best of the number, then you're already at least ahead of the game. Now, then you know they got to cooperate, and you got to cast the ticket. But that's at least half the battle from a sports betting standpoint. But what I look to do is you know get those baseline points, and then see how the game flow is playing. I think that you could do that a lot more later later in the season, but 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 the numbers keep in mind are tighter. If you're trying to do those middles, so you got to be a little little bit selective. You can't just be willy nilly and just say, okay, let me see this live number. And and live betting is is big out here, but there there's not like a lot of live betting. Like if we're talking from a college basketball standpoint, there's not a lot of live numbers up there necessarily in like November and December games.
8: Yeah, if for me, I I think it's a little of both. There's a lot of games I'll go in with a number. But there's also a lot of games where I have to bet on feel. Mm -hmm. And when I bet on feel, it's for teams that I'm very, very familiar with, like Kansas. You know, I'll bet every Kansas game, I'll watch every Kansas game there is. NFL, I'm, I'm either watching every game live or I'll go back and I'll watch. So the NFL is a lot of feel for me. Right. But when it comes to college basketball, I think it is a little bit more numbers, but if you're middling, you've got to go on feel, right? You've got to look yeah. at the in game stats. you got to look at fouls. You've got to look at this. you got to look at that. But it, live betting to me is a little bit different than pregame betting for the fact that I'll actually use feel a lot more for that than I would for a pregame bet.
2: Yeah, there's a combination. And I think feel is absolutely important. You mentioned NFL. Obviously, that's a little bit easier because there's a lot less games on the board. So there's less mm-hmm. games that you have to monitor like uh, like uh, like on a Wednesday night where you've got a ton of games and tomorrow we'll, we'll have a ton of games but I think it's not only doing that it's you know if you, if you are a subscriber you have like a live line screen a lot of times it's reading the screen a little bit seeing where the money is moving and seeing if that's the right move or, you know, kind of even posing a question to yourself and asking yourself, self, why is this line moving this way? And who is moving this line? Because, you know, that's what a lot of what I do a little bit in the second half. It's not exclusively, but I think you got to use it as a tool where it's like, okay, I'm seeing this move on the screen. Why is it moving? Why would it move this way and not the other way? And that can kind of tell me okay you know maybe these are smart guys that are moving these numbers and not necessarily you know just just the general public that that are doing this so that's what i think you got to use you got to use the screen a little bit as a tool too when you're doing live betting especially if you have a live real-time screen now a lot of these free screens are going to be like you know minute delays 90 second delays and by that time the number is gone so that's why you want to keep whether it's on your your phone or your laptop you want to keep those open you know those menus open at Draftkings or at bet rivers or bet MGM yeah. you want to monitor those live numbers and you could kind of see okay here's why it moved and then you can kind of gain okay this is where it moves based on game flow do they overreact to a scoring barrage? Or do they overreact to, okay, these two teams haven't scored in two minutes, so then the live total is going to absolutely plummet?
8: So the other thing that I would say about that, and I think it's great you bring up, you're looking at a lot of different books. If there is a game that you are targeting, I don't think it's the worst thing you know, to hit which side you're looking at and at least have it up there for you, have that number in there. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's going to expire. But sometimes the app is gonna refresh. You're gonna have a hard time with the game. If you are looking at a game, you know, and, and you see right now, okay, Houston, Houston minus fifteen. Well, just click minus. So you don't have to put the bet down. Right. Make sure it's in the cache though, because that's live betting. You gotta be on it. Yeah. And there's sometimes if you're streaming, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. If you're streaming and live betting, unless you're betting a number, if you're betting on feel and you're streaming. You are at a massive disadvantage because I have cable in my other room, and that's still eight to yeah. ten seconds behind with the book feed. How, well, how does the book get the feed so fast?
2: We, we've had trouble sometimes on this program, you know, doing live betting. We're like, okay, sometimes it might be like a one or a two second delay, and then sometimes it's you know thirty seconds. It it yeah. really depends on the network, you know, where you whether you have cable or whether you have satellite, but. Yeah, it's all about reacting, and that's why I think you got to have multiple stores if you're going to do this and do this successfully.
8: Well, I wanted to watch the Super Bowl in 4K so bad they had a they had it on you know the operator I have, mm-hmm. and I I didn't do it till the fourth quarter. I said, boy, I'll just you know what I I don't want the 30 second delay. I want to go make some money tonight. Yeah, and I'll deal with it. It is pretty cool watching the Super Bowl in 4K. And major events in 4K. Yeah. It's, it really is a difference.
2: Absolutely. And and, and and look, you know, when you're when you're watching this stuff, too, when you also got, like, your Twitter deck or, or whatever, your tweet deck open, and then you get spoiled. Like, that happens to me all mm-hmm. the time where it's like, okay, they hit this shot, and, and, and then I see it, like, five, ten seconds later. It's like, okay. You know, because, like, <laughs> like, the Don Vest screen, if you have a live, that, that's the main live line screen out there. There are a couple others as well, but... You'll sometimes see a score change before you see it on the TV. Mm -hmm. And that's what you got to have. You got to have all the tools because you do have so many delays going on here.
8: All right, we got some games coming down to the wire. North Carolina and Notre Dame, 49 seconds left. Tar Heels up by three. St. John's, Georgetown, under four timeout there. St. John's up 72 68. And uh, Bama and South Carolina in a dogfight. Three point lead for the Crimson Tide. With 717 to play. It's been a really good night of college hoops. Stick around. My name's Holden Kusher alongside Wes Reynolds. We'll go back. We'll hear more college basketball betting. We'll have some recaps as well right here on Live Bet tonight on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: If you're looking for a betting edge on the biggest games, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for just $9.99 and get access to the best betting talent and so much more. VEASAN Pro subscribers receive... It's
0: Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey Jeff.